continuing to want to learn, um, just see where where your interests are when you're in the process of learning. If you're someone who feels really good after they work out, you know, maybe it has something to do with health and wellness. If you're someone who walks into like ABC Home or CB2 and just automatically feels some like relaxation, maybe it has to do with decor or interiors. I think it's just like identifying those moments where you feel good and then thinking about how you could potentially make that more of a substantial part of your your day and your career. Hey guys, welcome to Active Ingredient, the podcast. I'm your host, Sophie Wheel, and I'll be taking a deep dive into why people do what they do and what it is that drives them. I believe every single person has an active ingredient to them, aka a purpose, and all we have to do is uncover what that is and activate it. I'm looking at people across the board with fancy titles like editors and chiefs, founders and CEOs, to under the radar activists who are changing the world one person at a time. I want to get to the bottom of how they first discovered their passion, how they channel their talent consistently, and ultimately how their active ingredient is making the world a better place. Today's episode is with Amanda Shine and Balor Kazaz, founders of The Setting, a boutique experiential marketing agency that actually started out as an online ceramic shop. Amanda's career has taken so many incredible twists and turns. She started out as a model who then moved into fashion and then pivoted to event planning. Prior to starting the setting, she worked with brands like Gucci, Everlane, Theory, and Helmet Lang, to name a few. Balor Kazaz is originally from Ankara, Turkey, and moved to the States to pursue her career. Her interest in art and creation led her to a degree in illustration and textile design from Parsons, which landed her to work with brands like Perrier, Lululemon, and Tata Harper. Since the launch of the setting in 2015, they have taken the business from an online ceramic shop to a full-blown creative agency with an incredibly talented team and an ever-growing list of services and capabilities. They've worked with brands such as Free People, Tanya Taylor, Anthropology, Vogue, and Estee Lauder, to name a few. On today's episode, we get into what experiential marketing is, how their backgrounds got them to ultimately start the setting, how they continue to pivot within the agency, what it is about brand building that fuels them, why their partnership works so seamlessly, and their advice on having a business partner. So with that, let's get into this week's episode with Amanda Shine and Balor Kazaz. So I am so excited to have you both in studio. I am with the founders of The Setting, Amanda Shine and Balor Kazaz. Thank you both so much for being here. Thank you for having us. We're excited to be here. So I am so excited to have you both on. This is the first time I record with two people. So like for the listeners, I'm sorry if there's like a lot of interruptions. I don't really know how this is going to go, but I'm excited to have you both because I feel like from all the business founders that are like partners that I know, you guys are definitely ones that stand out and you just complement each other in a way that is so impactful and has definitely taken you to where you are. I mean, I, I see it obviously day to day because we work in the same office. But I, I just, I'm so, I, I'm just like so impressed by the way that you guys are like a perfect balance of each other. So I'm excited to get into that. Well, thank you. That it means so much to us. Obviously, <laughs> I feel like we have a marriage, just like a professional <laughs> one. So no, you really do. And we're gonna get into like the details of 
this marriage and partnership. But I kind of want to take it back to figuring out how you guys first even met because both of your paths are completely different. Amanda is from Southampton and Belor is from Ankara, Turkey. So did I say it right? Yeah. We have <laughs> kind of like a weird New York love story almost. We met at a ceramic class. We had no friends in common. We just kind of like bumped into each other. I was wearing like basically gym clothes to the ceramic class and Amanda had like the best outfit on so I kind of forced Belur to be my friend I just sat down and was like she's gonna be my friend were you doing this as just like a hobby like going to a ceramic studio yeah which I, one give it a shout out it was at Shoplay, <laughs> which is on 26 and 6 it's great Lamano. oh Lamano. Mm. redo that <laughs> wait so what what was it called it was at Lamano in mm. Chelsea does it still exist mm-hmm. yeah it still exists they have great classes um that's where we met Amanda was actually kind of starting out with the setting and coming up with you know what the silhouettes would look like and I really just wanted to explore ceramics in terms of like putting my patterns on them and seeing what I could do and that's kind of how it started. So you were I was like, let's go on a smoothie date. Let's go for sushi. <laughs> let's hang out. And then I started roping her into projects. And I was like, my old boss is getting married. Let's produce the wedding. Like, And we just sort of built little projects like that together. So what was it about Ballor, like from the beginning, from just seeing her in these classes that you were like, I need to like get to know this person more? I mean, Ballor just has an energy to her that is, it's like a force field of just like grace and confidence. And I think... Anyone who knows her can immediately pick up on that. And I just was like, I gravitated to, towards her right away. So how many meetings or coffee dates or workouts or whatever did it take before you guys were like, you know what, actually, like we can do something together and make money doing it. I mean, it was pretty speedy. Yeah, I feel like right away we were like, we have such a good rhythm. And that's kind of, it's really hard to find in a friendship too, because we can like separate it really well which is really tricky. And I know like not many people can mix business and friendship. And I think we've done a great job. So what was it about ceramics that first interested you guys? Because I feel like having this partnership also comes with like, you guys obviously have a very like baseline, similar like interest type vibes. What was it about ceramics that drew you both in that you think kind of like set you up for success in building this company? I think, you know, Belur is an illustrator, so she's super visual. And I also just love, like, home. We both mm-hmm. share, I think, a love of design in general and aesthetic. And ceramics is, you know, tactile. You're using your hands and you're kind of creating something for tabletop, for experiential. And that really led into um, events and kind of now, you know, what we're doing, which is, like, experiential branding. Yeah. Something that you can entertain with, kind of keep forever, which we love. It's something that's evergreen. So I want to take it back to your earlier careers, um, just because I feel like they're super complimentary and obviously play a huge role in what you're doing now. Um, So you started out as a model. We'll start with Amanda. Uh, You started out as a model and you've had a few different pivots from then till now. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to get into what first interested you in modeling and then how did you kind of get your first foot in the door in the fashion space and then kind of pivot into event planning? Yeah, I think just being someone who, you know, if you're in New York and you are looking to be successful, you have to be able to adapt. And I just kind of wanted to be in a position to live here in the first place. And that was like an easy way to secure an income. Um, And so that was kind of the motivation behind that. I had um, have an older brother who is here and he's a huge part of my life and story. And I always really looked up to him. And so I think that was probably the determining factor in me <laughs> wanting to be here. Um, and then from there, you know, he encouraged me to take an internship. 
um, while I was doing that. And I did do that. And then they hired me. And from there, I was just like, I just want to work. Where was that internship? Um, at Alloy Media. Shout out to Nicole Fasolino. <laughs> My first. So, what boss. were you doing? Um, I was doing anything and everything. I mean, I was sorting hangers. I was putting together mood boards for her. And then I got to go on some cool trips. I got to go, you know, to some really beautiful um, locations. We were shooting with like Chrissy Teigen and all these like it's pretty crazy. Like as an intern. Totally. That they were doing that. I, yeah. And then they hired me part time. And then um, this was right around 08. So mm. um, she came to me and was like, listen, let's, you know, get you something like really, really secure and sturdy. Um, and my friend Mika Hollander uh, sent my resume to this woman, Melissa um, Weiss at Theory. And, you know, she was like, I'm going to be frank with you. We've never hired anyone without a college degree before. Can you submit a writing sample? So I like really was nervous about this writing sample, but it ended up working out. And, you know, I think you just like you get into an environment where you're like, this is what I want. You know, I want to just be working like this around people where you're in like this kind of energy and you're exposed to talent and real kind of commerce and business. Um, and, you know, you get you get a little bit of that and that's like all you want. And then how did you pivot to event planning? So um, at Theory, I was doing VIP and PR. Mm -hmm. So a part of that would be, you know, when they were doing um, press appointments, I would be setting up like catering and then fast forward to like Olivia Taskins, they were doing like their first show. So I was doing some of the kind of like entry level work for that. And then from there, I went to Gucci and I did special events exclusively there as like a coordinator. Um, And that was like all very serious and very like established events and you just it's just like things that you never forget you take little things from there like you know production reports is still something we do to this day and just like you learn from gucci Mm -hmm. yeah i mean that's such an incredible experience yeah so now i want to take it to velour you moved from just the other side of the world um and you came to go to school at parsons um what was it about New York and Parsons that drew you in? And did you, when you first moved, were you kind of like thinking that you were going to live in New York forever? Or was it more like, I'm just going to go get my degree and then come back and work here? I actually never thought I would end up in New York. It was kind of just based on wanting to go to Parsons. And when I was just thinking of where I was going to end up, I always thought somewhere sunny with palm trees and kind of ended up here. But I just love the program. They just guarantee that you had real life experience with like the best people in the field. And it was more than school. So even back then, I was like, it's more about what I want to do after. Mm-hmm. And just being able to work in these like huge companies under these incredible people. Um, and then all the professors there were people that had incredible jobs that I like looked up to and wanted to be like. So for me, that's kind of what determined New York versus anywhere else. So it wasn't like a plan. Like it kind of just like snowballed from being really here wasn't. and like really just having a good experience. Yeah. So how was it with your parents and like leaving your family to come to school here? Like, did they think that it was going to be something that you'd be coming back to or? Yeah, I think, I mean, my mom always knew that we'd probably be in the States for school just because mm-hmm. she cared so much about education and there's just great opportunity here. Mm-hmm. Um, but New York was a surprise for her as well. She just thought I'd be in kind of like a smaller town potentially and like, yeah. you know, a traditional campus environment versus here I was on. 13th and 5th and just kind of (laughs) (laughs) living my life calling her and asking her if I could go to like fashions night out and she was like you don't need to ask me (laughs) you're good oh my god that's so cute so I guess I want to take it to you guys in the ceramic studio and were you working at Gucci while you were doing this on the side so I was at free people and I was a um like a 
global marketing manager and I had like gotten mm -hmm. the opportunity to travel a lot. I had been to China and Japan and Europe and I was like, I want to do something on my own and I don't know exactly what that looks like or exactly what that is, but let's just start with this class and this idea to make these like little tabletop ceramics. And I went in and the first day that I was there, Buller was also there. We were in the same oh, class. Oh, it was the first yeah. class. Yeah. Wow. And I just was like, this girl, like <laughs> this girl and I are going to be friends. We're going to do cool stuff together. And she just has this like, energy of like let's just try it let's just do yeah. things like oh you like that color let's see what it can be and it's just like a collaborative energy that I had never had before um and we just started yeah started like that. yeah it was also incredible timing mm -hmm. I think I mean, for me too I started in fashion and I thought you know of this like dream job that I got turned out not to be a dream job and you didn't get like much creative control you kind of just were giving away your IP and you weren't getting credit for anything. So it just kind of was really eye-opening for me. And I was like, I can do something better on my own. So I had just started freelancing and actually was super excited about the different clients I was working with. But I know there was like more I could do. So, so. you were already like getting paid for your services yeah. by yourself. I feel like that's like super important for people to know just because like if, if you're going to make the jump, like to know that you're able to get that first client like is a mm -hmm. huge help at what point did you guys land the first client together our first formal client so we had you know some informal work mm -hmm. like i said we did the production for my former boss nicole's wedding mm -hmm. and that was you know it was formal work it was a real wedding and yeah. it was certainly you know um ex extremely beautiful and we i think that was the first time we looked at something like this is high stakes and we pulled it off and everybody is so happy and saying this is you know the most fun wedding they've ever been to and so from there we actually um got a referral through leland drummond from azione my I old think boss yeah, yeah. <laughs> that i think is our first proper client Definitely. and that led us to you know go back to her and ask if we could have a little nook in her office and she's kind enough to let us kind of set up two desks where, you know, we got them from Overstock and spent all night building them at the office. And, and we still have them yeah, to this day. Yeah, we love those desks. <laughs> that's the, those are the ones that you guys work yeah. on. Oh, my God, that's so cute. So do you guys feel like you've always had an entrepreneurial itch coming from both of these backgrounds? Like, did, do you feel like you always kind of wanted to work for yourself? Or was there like a moment where you were like, oh, no, now I can't. I actually think that I can do this. But it wasn't something that you had thought your whole life. Um, I was scared in the beginning to kind of leave the comfort of having a paycheck and someone kind of guiding me on what to do and like giving me feedback and having a team. But, you know, my mom is an entrepreneur, always has been. So that's kind of like a good mentor and example for me always and supportive. She's like, why couldn't you do it? So that's kind of like where she always comes from, which is really helpful for me. But in my transition initially, I got clients before I made the switch. Right. So it was always something that I love to do on the side. And I think having a partner changes everything because then like it's a huge checks and balance someone's motivating you all the time because like some days you're on and some days they're on and you're kind of like in it together what are some tips that you would give to someone who is potentially like vetting different people for a business partner. Not everyone's going to be as lucky as literally like running into someone in a ceramic <laughs> studio. Yeah. So if someone's vetting different people to have potential potentially as a partner, what are some things that you would look to knowing how you guys work together? I would try out like a high pressure, like one project, you know, weddings. We've done a couple of them now are 
it's incredibly beautiful and special to be a part of, but also it's something you never get a redo of. It's not like a brand launch. It's not like a dinner or breakfast. So that's so true. I never thought of a boring moment. Yeah. Kind of like solidified (laughs) for us that we could, you know, do something together that had so much pressure on it. And we took out none of it on each other. It was just like, that's the kind of support that you need to then have the confidence to take on something else. Yeah. And you were already starting the setting and you had the name first. So then when you guys kind of decided to do this together, how did that work like logistically? Like, did you say that we're going to do 50-50 everything (laughs) moving forward? Yeah. I mean, we sat down and I just kind of felt such a like, it just felt right. And I, you know, I felt like we have already some really good traction and interest, but this is what this business is. Like this is a partnership and a partnership means like an equal opportunity. And I felt like, we were both putting our all into it. And so that's just what made sense. How long did you guys know each other before you like actually decided to like get the paperwork and, and be official partners? Honestly, maybe like six months. Like, yeah. I think we were working together, making money together. We got a little sublet together. And then we, we early on talked about like, you know, making it formal and what that would look like. And then I think we got to a place where we were like, okay, it's really working. We have a, like a little baby retainer client. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure it's formal. So how are you guys marketing yourselves from the beginning? Because I feel like I'm so interested to have this conversation because you guys have pivoted and expanded your service list so much and have really evolved as an agency from the beginning to now, like starting in ceramics to then now having all these different amazing clients and services. But in the beginning, what did you kind of go out to market as? And then how has that pivoted and did certain projects help you pivot to that? That's a really good question. Yeah, it's a great question. <laughs> um, I think it's there's multiple answers to this. I think um, where we started was something that we were both really comfortable doing and something that we really loved. So, you know, translating a brand, especially one that potentially is just like D to C um, and bringing it to real life was something we loved in a curated and like intimate space. Um, but with that came, you know, interest for like, what's next? What's like the second event? What's the third event? What's the way to make it not repetitive? Um, and then brands that didn't even have an identity yet, but wanted to have that conversation with us. I think that um, along with our first hotel client or what kind of expanded what we did as a service. Did it happen kind of like that people were asking you for certain things and you were like, yes, we can, and then figure it out as you go? Yes. I think that that's so valuable for people to hear because like you don't start, you weren't born knowing these 12 services that you're offering. You know what I mean? Oh, we said yes always. Mm -hmm. Was there ever, was there ever an ask that you were like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think there were, I think there were times where we were like, you know, if we don't know, who do we know? And Mm -hmm. we would start to kind of like pull in people that were more equipped to take it on just so we could kind of like bundle together an offering just to kind of get the client. And in the end, I think clients appreciate that. So what for right now, for anyone that does not know the setting, can you explain what the services are that we that you guys as an agency are offering and what is kind of like what you want to be focusing more on in the near future? Yeah, I mean, I think we are really focusing on experiential branding. So whether that be something offline with an event or an activation or something that is like more tactile um, within product design. Um, And then we also do some digital work. We do, you know, some kind of social development um, online, sort of like front facing um, design work for web and a space that we're really interested in. I'll let Ballora kind of talk to because I think she does a really good job of that. Yeah, I think we've always loved like home and entertaining. Um, and then more and more so, we're really kind of exploring internally as a team, 
something that's going to be eco and really fit into kind of our offerings and complement what we've been doing with ceramics, but as the 2.0. So. Amazing. Can't wait. I want to get into specifics on what is experiential branding for the mm-hmm. person that has absolutely no idea. Like, I think that that's like a huge word right now. And I think it's extremely valuable for client, for brands and clients. Um, can you explain, like for someone that has absolutely no industry background at all, what experiential branding and marketing is? And is that something that every brand should be doing? Yeah, and I would preface it by saying we really, by happenstance, fell into that. I think, like Fuller said earlier, we started with something we were really comfortable with, and I feel like that's extremely well put. It was just something that we knew how to do, and it was just little events, kind of small breakfast and editor lunch, um, and from there it you know grew into larger like activations. But I think experiential branding is this notion now where brands are kind of understanding that acquiring a customer online for all these D2C brands, it's so expensive. And to keep them is even more expensive. So it's sort of like going back to the beginning and what worked way back when, which is just in person, connecting offline um, and kind of shaping that, what that looks like. And so that's kind of just like what experiential branding, I think, in a bigger sense, what it means. Yeah. I mean, I think that shift is definitely happening and people just are craving that. Um, From your perspective, and I know it's different for every client, what would you say is like a sweet spot for how many experiential or experiential like activations a brand should be doing to kind of continue that that acquisition? I think it kind of depends on the brand. Um, It also depends on like what you're trying to accomplish. I think the biggest takeaway and what I would recommend is um, making sure you do it in a thoughtful way. So it's not necessarily doing one every month or creating something in every single city that you hit, but creating something that you remember or when people get to see it digitally kind of want to take part in. Um, And then I think the biggest benefit of taking something offline is to have those one-on-one relationships. So someone you've been emailing for months or who you've collaborate who you've <laughs> collaborated with but isn't in the same city, having the FaceTime with them always um, is an extremely valuable thing you can take away. Is there a strategy for post experiential events for brands like on how to keep that relationship alive? Yeah, and I I think like Buller said, it for each brand it's a little bit different, but you know certainly from our side as like the liaison, I think we like to provide a lot of transparency and a lot of opportunity for the client to interact directly with you know whoever they're looking to become more familiar and more friendly with. So whether that's a buyer or an editor or just somebody who is really smart in the space, we really kind of kind of pride ourselves on being connectors as well. It's not just like we're giving you access for this window of an event. We're like, no, we're really setting the stage for you to have your own relationship. And from there, you know, kind of that's that's yours to take. And I think one of the things that we have done so well is we've made some really lasting relationships on behalf of our clients and other, you know, brands that they continue to work with um, years down the road today. We were in um, a, a client of ours new property in Tribeca and they got us iced coffee as we were walking around. And then, you know, on the way out, I was like, oh, you know, thank you so much for that iced coffee. It was great. And they were like, oh, they, you know, that was La Cologne. That was your introduction like three years ago. And it's just, just these like funny response. moments where <laughs> you're so just cool. like, oh, okay, great. So that's a great segue into kind of a deeper question, which is the point of the podcast on the why behind what you do. And I I think that you guys, I don't know if you have the same why or the same active ingredient, um, 
but with every pivot, I feel like there's a little bit of a, of a difference in that why. And like yours are finding like more things to be excited about and things that like excite your clients. Um, at this stage though, what would you say is like the most exciting thing and what you would identify as your active ingredient on like a deeper level with the setting? Um, I think the most exciting thing is how many different projects we get to work on and with such incredible people. You know, clients that we've had for three, four years, um, which mean a lot to us because it's, you know, they've seen us from yeah. Amanda and I basically at two desks and no one else to where our team is now. So we're really grateful for that, but also the new challenges like taking on something bigger, taking on something in a city we've never touched, taking our clients to Hong Kong or, you know, to London, things like that. I think, you know, it's amazing to see like how we're growing and where we're going. So like to continue to see that growth yeah. and like and push ourselves. do things that you didn't think that you can do maybe a year or two years ago. Yeah. That's a great answer. What about you? Yeah. I mean, I think just also being part of the conversation, like being part of the rhythm of people who are creating and working and looking at the bigger picture and seeing how can I plug in here in a way that feels good to me. Um, I think Buller and I have always really connected over just honestly, like the primitive love of work and just like contributing to something. And then, you know, like she said, we bring in these girls that are so talented and they're so young and they have all these ideas that it's just inspiring. It's just a part of a community. And I think just also being a female entrepreneur, it feels good to be able to, you know, have clients for multiple years and have the growth that we've had. And you guys are really the best of the best at what you do. And so your aesthetic nice. is, it, no, your aesthetic is honestly unparalleled. Like I'm obsessed. Selfie. No, I'm being 100% <laughs> serious. It is crazy. It's what nice. do you guys do to like get inspired? I saw, I read somewhere that you guys do inspirational trips, but like what, what do you guys read? Like, how do you guys stay informed? Like I, I, I'm just like floored every single day. So any insights to anyone that's looking to kind of like zhuzh up their life in a, in a, the setting way? is like my favorite word. <laughs> <laughs> I also think it's in really simple ways. I think it's like adding lemon to your water at home and just like having a, this is an Amanda trick, like having a bowl of like polisanto on your coffee table, <laughs> just like little touches where you would like stay in a hotel and be like, wow, like they really put the effort in. Just like doing something like that at home, having like, I have like dried lavender next to my bed. It was like $5, but it makes it seem so special. So I think, you know, if anyone trying to recreate it, we're never trying to do something like unattainable. It's just about like bettering your day with like really small touches. Yeah, I that's exactly how what I would say. I think like one of the things that um, it's so simple, but it's true. It's like just do it. You know, if you want to kind of achieve some some sort of environment at home, and you're looking at like magazines and everything feels so out of touch, just start with something small, like Windex all of your surfaces, like clear out the clutter. Just try and create a little bit of something that feels good and then layer in from there like buy a nice plant or whatever it is that's going to make it feel more warm and inviting for you and i think we um you know we really love that our office is like something we completely built from scratch and it's just like a nice representation of that idea that notion of doesn't take a ton of money it just takes like you know your own effort and you can you can basically build what you want Are there any things that you guys, I mean, your office is honestly amazing. Like I'm not over it. It's our office. <laughs> I know. So I actually sublet from the setting and that's why I mean every single day I'm literally floored because every time I walk in there, I'm just like, how? 
I just don't you're understand. You're a great energy. Yeah, you do. Oh, <laughs> thanks, guys. But it's just like literally every single day that I walk in there, I like literally can't believe it. But for anyone that like is looking for something tangible and like something to like look on their Instagram or somewhere to kind of like be ahead of the trends, like maybe it's an aspiring interior designer or an aspiring event planner. Like what are things that you guys follow, read, listen to that help you kind of stay informed? I definitely am like a fangirl. Like I go down like super, I mean, like I'll look at like Kelly Wurstler or some of these like super talented interior designers who, I mean, I think just again, going back to like women that really inspire you. And I think like I talk to Buller more than I talk to anybody else on this earth. Like I will just send her and she'll send me, you know, things on. That's probably like the best thing about Instagram and Pinterest. And is this there's just an endless supply of beautiful imagery yeah there's so many talented people so Mm -hmm. even on you know instagram in one day you can get all the inspiration you'll never need yeah Um, and then we take photos everywhere even if it's like oh my god it's like a great shade of green and it's just like from a little store corner and then that'll come in handy somewhere so just kind of being inspired by the city too there's just like so much access here Mm -hmm. so taking advantage of that yeah and pushing push yourself like you know take a trip, go somewhere weird, try something different. Like, I think that's been a big part of us too, is like trying to at least understand how different cultures like to entertain and their kind of take on, you know, setting their table. That's something that I think has been a really nice part of what we've been able to experience in work. And um, I think we both have a lot of gratitude and inspiration from that. So I want to dive into those inspirational trips that I read that you guys do. <laughs> what are they? Can I get invited? Like, you sure can. can. <laughs> but like, do you guys plan to do it once a year? Like, mm-hmm. do you think that it gives you a competitive edge when it comes to like the style that you bring to events and to your partners? Um, yeah, I just want to hear more about these inspirational trips because I want to go on them. <laughs> yeah, you're invited. You sure are. Um, I think, you know. And like, where have you gone? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We'll give you a rundown. (laughs) Usually um, we kind of tack it on to a work opportunity. So the most recent one we did was Hong Kong, which was really special. Um, So we were there to launch one of our um, clients at Lane Crawford. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the first couple of days was like installs, team meetings, briefings, like PR, um, like appointments. And then after that, we took time to kind of explore the city kind of like hike up to the buddha and it was amazing it's just like taking that time to just be like refreshed and inspired Mm -hmm. um to look around in the shops to kind of like see the culture see the ceramics there amanda and i took really funny like day trips to really (laughs) random parts of the city to see manufacturers and artists it was Uh, coinciding with art basel and it's like when would we ever be in art basel in hong kong that's so crazy so you know so and then buller and i take it a step further and we're like making these appointments to go see these female ceramicists in like the super outskirts of the city but i mean yeah out there are they incredible it's so beautiful. Yeah, we would you Everything know, bring, was amazing. bring it home and a nice gift. We had like people. suitcases full of ceramics. <laughs> oh my God. It's so nice. So I want to get into your relationship and your dynamic because you started off not knowing each other and started basically like going off running into this business. Um, and you've evolved into best friends, sisters, like this whole thing. How do you guys, do you guys, is there any separation between business and your personal life? Do you think that it completely meshes and you like it that way? Like, is there any sort of thing that you guys keep separate? Is there a time of day that you guys stop talking? Like, what what does that look like? I think it's a vibe. Like, I think that... <laughs> <laughs> I think that 
we we talk a lot so like when there is you know i think usually like on the weekends or at night we do try you know give it a second <laughs> we're just laughing because there's like not really an on and off switch but yeah i feel like we have a really good transition it's like kind of like a light switch it's like work to friends to work to friends and it's just for some reason have like developed that rhythm yeah. it's like oh what are we doing in like this like fun party versus what are we wearing tomorrow to this meeting it's just like kind of all intermingled now but we've been through a lot and we've grown a lot so I think we just kind of like develop the rhythm do you guys ever have like check-ins from a business standpoint on like this is what I think that we can improve on as as founders. This is something that I think should be a goal for us that maybe is not on one of your radars. Like, do you have check-ins? I know you have check-ins with your team all the time, but do you mm-hmm. have mutual check-ins with each other? We do because we also are sometimes in different places. So sometimes I'm in LA and Buller is here or Buller will be traveling or, you know, I think as you evolve as co-founders, it's really important to be able to find a way to speak up and also identify if the other um, needs something. And those can be really like subtle adjustments or they can be more substantial things that you have to kind of continue to work on. Um, but I think especially like as the team grows, you both have to really feel a sense of um, ownership over almost like the other's happiness in their position as well. Cool. Do you have anything to add? Yeah, that's great. And also having a team too, like now we have to also be responsible for them, mm-hmm. which is something where we have like more frequent check-ins on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that helps to assist in the process too, is it's like we both feel so it's so important to be aligned because we want to make sure, you know, not only like that each of us feels good, but that the girls that are helping us to grow feel good. Um, and, you know, we definitely try and, and do a good amount of, of, of that. Yeah. And if you're, you know, ever grow your team, definitely always be aligned. Yes. Like we always do like the mom and dad thing where we're like, <laughs> whatever it is, it's in private. Yeah. And then in the, like they always get one side of every story. Yes. And that's so that's helpful. really good advice. It's a marriage. Yeah, it's it really marriage. is. It's a marriage. <laughs> no, but I think that's really good advice because there's so I can totally see that happening where there's two founders that have like completely different skill sets and you know what you can get away with with either of them. Oh yeah, that but if you guys happen. have like a mutual yeah, no. understanding of like what's going on as a unit, then no one's gonna fuck with you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and everybody I think like that is with us. They all bring like I said these skills that we're really thankful to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know we just want to make sure like it's all clear that whatever the directive is, that's like that's the kind of the end game. That's the only thing that they're gonna get. So what are what would you guys say are your strongest skill sets that you bring to the table? And like, is there like kind of like a split of what you know that Belor will take on versus Amanda or Amanda versus Belor? Or is it like every single project is different on how you guys approach? I think everything is different, but I've learned a lot from Amanda. I think she's just like really gifted at communication and mm-hmm. also like managing clients and really difficult conversations. So in the beginning, I used to be like quiet as a mouse. <laughs> I'm just going to be like, I prepare the agenda. <laughs> Here's the agenda. Hope yeah, you have a good meeting. <laughs> No, or like the ideas and things like that. But in terms of like being able to speak to like a whole room full of like men that are opening up a hotel and who are like, you know, 20, 30 years senior, I was really shy at first. And now oh, I feel Amanda like... literally like walked into that room. Like... Well, it was sort of like who of us would be less bad. <laughs> no, I don't think either of us were really like I would just be like, I know my face is red right now, but I'm going to get through yeah. this. Like, And then you just like. And then you learn from each mm-hmm. other. So now I can kind of talk to anyone, yeah. which is just because of all the practice. Yeah. 
So what would you say are like, do you feel like you have like more strengths in certain things that you actually like run with and like play to those strengths and then like lean on the other for the weakness? Fuller is definitely the builder. She is the person who comes in and has ideas and then not only has ideas, but knows how to actually like create them. And I think that, you know, just seeing what a problem solver she is, I have tried to really like on the heels of that also just have my own way of being a little bit more in that like way of thinking because it's for her, it's like a real gift. Like it's just an innate thing. Like the other day, my phone, I couldn't turn it off. (laughs) Off of the loud, like the little thing was, <laughs> she's like, take a toothbrush, and I was, she's like, just put a toothbrush in there, and literally it worked. In no, Belora, for anyone listening, like Belora is like the person that has the answer to everything. Yes. Like literally, if not the answer, she has the actual tool that you need yes. for this random ass thing that you need to accomplish. Like yes. she literally is Mary Poppins. And but it, but it's such a creative <laughs> version. So, it's so true. Yes. You're like, oh, do you need like this this type of screw? I'm like, how do you have that? You just have this in your pocket? like. <laughs> and she never gives up. She never gives up. She never throws in the towel. So she has. she's a tourist, so she's extremely strong and, like, earthy. And I think, like, that's when, you know, when you talk about, like, when I first met her, I just really was drawn to that. I was like, she has this, like, energy to her that, you know, I felt like we could do big things together. Yeah. And Amanda can, like polish up and sell in a way that I've like never really seen and that's really helped me my favorite story is when we had printed canvas from our vendor who've been working Mm -hmm. on for such a long time (laughs) for an event and the client came and that was just something we never worried about because I was like oh my god they've done so much work for us and they arrived clients arrive at the same time and they are just not stretched on canvas they're just like loosely printed on fabric and just like rolled up and so we just like bought existing canvases and I just taped them up in the back closet. And Amanda was like, she's an artist. <laughs> she's stretching her own canvas. It's really special if you want to watch the process. And I Stop. was like duct taping in like a closet. You are a spin master. Yeah. And they were they were so thankful that we went like above and beyond to like stretch our own canvas. <laughs> And those were like story the, in the end it looked great. Yeah. And those were the days where I was like, I learned so much in terms of like you can fix it in the back end, but also then like take care of the client in the front yeah, end. Yeah, totally. And That's something we- I've learned from you guys, actually. Like, I feel like you never show the client the stress. Like, you guys are masters at showing like the most ease and calm and grace and everything's perfect. And the candelabras are all lit and like everything is great. But then in like, like no, no. shit can be going down, but you guys have such a calm presence that like that is what the client wants to obviously experience they don't want to know what is going on in the back you guys are experts at that um but actually just executing beautifully um so i always ask every guest what they would tell someone who has absolutely no idea where to start on finding what it is that excites them and i i think that passion might be a little bit too like daunting of a word to to ask someone to like find or like Mm -hmm. have someone start exploring but it's more like I feel like you guys really do love what you do and you can tell in the product you can tell in the experiences I think anyone that's worked with you can say that what would you say to someone in first kind of like what questions should they ask themselves on figuring out what that is and like anything tangible that they can do like is it asking their parents is it asking their friends like what their strong skills are like anything that can help someone that's super lost on identifying what that is for them 
I mean, I would ask if you're excited and if you're challenged. Because for me, if I'm if I'm bored, that's like the worst like state of mind for me to be in. So if you're kind of like complacent, you're bored and you're not pushing yourself, I think then you're not growing. Um, I think New York forced me to do that, which is why I think I stayed and I love it so much here. Um, but I think what you can do is like something simple as taking a ceramic class. I mean, Amanda and I met because we were like, why not commit to this eight week program? <laughs> why not learn something new? Kind of like put our phone down and like create something. So I think that's something you can do if you're young enough, take every internship. I did a billion of them, learned so much, and so did Amanda. So, Yeah, no, I think that totally sums up how I feel too, like continuing to want to learn, um, just see where where your interests are when you're in the process of learning. If you're someone who feels really good after they work out, you know, maybe it has something to do with health and wellness. If you're someone who walks into like – ABC home or CB2 and just automatically feels some like a relaxation. Maybe it has to do with decor or interiors. I think it's just like identifying those moments where you feel good and then thinking about how you could potentially make that more of a substantial part of your, your day and your career. It's a really good answer. So in the course of the setting, it, has there been one project or one brand or one collaboration where you guys have felt like the most fulfilled? And the second part of the question is, it, it doesn't have to be the biggest one, but what was one that was like your biggest get that you could not even believe that you guys were working on this? That's a good question. That's a good question. Um, I think our first hotel project when we mm -hmm. launched Hero was something that at the time, it being just us, we couldn't even like believe when it opened, seeing a logo that we drew and like all the nights we spent on the deck um in like in real life and still like kind of seeing it to this day on like social or someone staying there is really kind of surreal yeah no we we worked really hard on that pitch deck and when we got the account we went on a trip to morocco with blur's family and we saw this poster that we loved like the font was super beautiful and we pitched the logo inspired by that font and Buller created the um, the hero mock and now the flag like flies of the hotel. It's just a very, a very cool feeling. And it's not something that I think you even like stop to think about that much because you're like, you know, looking up and like, is it going to rain for their launch event? Or you're <laughs> always, your mind's always somewhere else. But it's one of those things that it definitely was like a, a cool moment for sure. Great answers, guys. Yeah. <laughs> what would you tell someone who has seen the setting and seen the success and is maybe interested in starting something similar or wanting to have an experiential agency and or an events company, what would you wish that you knew before you started that you can tell someone? And what advice would you give to someone who wants to start? Like, is it vision boarding the, the type of clients that you want to have? Like, is it, I don't know, like first doing like a free project, like two or three free projects to have case studies, like anything that's like tangible for someone that like may want to go down this career path, what advice would you give them? I think definitely go for it is one thing is like say yes if there's an opportunity say yes if there's someone asking you to like come on and help them maybe shadow someone who's already doing it contribute to an event where you can like point back to it as a client I think what Amanda and I both brought were like hey these are the x y and z clients we worked with in the past and it brought like a little bit of trust mm -hmm. just how brands these days like oh I've been in Vogue and that is like makes someone comfortable to purchase mm -hmm. your product it was similar for us they were like well who have you worked with before so I think that's important as many things as you can be a part of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, be flexible in the beginning with your fees. Like 
is um, something that we also had to kind of just go in and be like, listen, we really, we want the work. We want the opportunity. We want you to think of us next time. Um, so like, what can we do to kind of make it work? And there were instances where um, in the beginning, I think we were really like figuring it out as we went. But I, I think that that probably put us in the position where people always knew that we would do a good job, but also we would be fair and we were really hungry. We definitely yeah. kind of came from a place of like, just give us a shot, let us try. Mm-hmm. And like, you're really quick to respond. You're really mm-hmm. scrappy. You're mm-hmm. just like the yes person. That's good advice. How did you guys start figuring out your pricing structure? Like, what did you guys have a mentor that kind of played in the space that can tell you what industry averages were? Or how, how do you go about kind of like figuring out what you guys feel comfortable with? I think part of it's like gut and part of it is also we were incubated by Azione. And so we were like, you know, like they're teeny tiny, like we just could see them and see the caliber of clients and how they would prepare for meetings, prepare the office, prepare the agenda. And then we didn't have visibility into their pricing, but I think it gave us a little bit of like, okay, well, this is what, you know, we can get if we support them on this event. So maybe that's like a good baseline for when we get our own first client. Mm -hmm. That's a good answer. So I always close the podcast with a lighter question asking, what is your literal active ingredient? So that could be tea, like we're drinking right now. (laughs) It could be coffee. It could be lipstick. It could be meditation. It could be whatever. But something that you have to do every single day to feel good and like to feel like you're on the right track with your day. I definitely love lipstick and I love like for all those, you know, I think all those like girly things. But also, you know, I think just kind of being outside and just like getting into the environment of your day is something that I really need, whether it's like in the morning, you know, walking my dog or getting coffee or just something where you're in the environment. I think that's like a big part of how I wake up and I get excited. Yeah, it's really similar for me. I think that's also something we share, just like stepping outside. We both, you know, walk our dogs. We're those people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm jealous. McGuire We're going to get you one. <laughs> Surprise. I'm jealous. Yeah, even walking to work, being able to get a coffee and kind of just like start your day that way is really, really nice. And where can everyone follow you guys? What's your website? TheSettingNYC.com. And your Instagram? Same, SettingNYC. Amazing. Thank you guys for being on the podcast. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. Me. This is so much fun. Aww. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please take a second to rate and review us. And for more inspiration and quotes from the episode, check us out on Instagram at Active Ingredient.